1: second, Joe. There's my phone. All right. Arden's Meat Market. Good morning. Good
2: morning, Mr. Arden. I think you have a lamb roast for me today. This is Mrs. Brown.
1: You can have anything you want, Miss Brown. You know that. Anything I have, you can have. <laughs> How many pounds? Oh,
2: 11 or 12.
1: I'll fix you up and send it right over. Thank you, Miss Brown. Goodbye.
3: Goodbye.
1: Well, Joe, I'm ready for you now.
3: Good enough. Take the package,
1: with you? Okay. Oh. Uh, has the stuff
3: I talked to you about on the
1: phone. All right. All right. Kind of big, but we'll handle it. How's everything out at the farm? Oh, it's
3: fine. Mom and Dad said to say hello.
1: Tell them hello for me, too. Okay, thanks. Well, I'll see you tomorrow. Bye, Joe. Bye,
3: Mr. Arden. Oh.
1: This is going to be something to carry into the back room. Hey, hey, Bill, open the door. What's
3: the matter, Arden? Can't you... Oh, here, let me let me
1: help you. Oh, no, it's all right. I'll just dump it on the table here. <laughs> okay.
3: Uh, Joe is just here,
1: huh? Yeah. Ah, come on, let's open this thing up. You better close the door first, though.
3: Yeah. That's all closed. Boy, that's some big package the kid lugged in this time. Well,
1: let's see what's in it.
3: Hey, those gold candlesticks alone ought to sell for plenty.
1: They cost me plenty, but they're going to cost somebody else more. Oh, look at this here. A bracelet. Wow. Hey, get
3: a load of those diamonds. yeah.
1: We'll get a load of dough for that bracelet when we sell it to some sucker. Yeah.
3: Uh, What else did Joe bring us this time?
1: Yeah, look at what's in this case.
3: Pearls. Pearls.
1: Match pearls. The best-looking necklace I've seen in years. That's not bad. What we get for it won't be bad either.
3: (laughs) Joe delivered the goods again, didn't he, huh?
1: Yeah. (laughs) Smart boy, that Joe. Smart boy. We must remember to take care of him.
0: And now on to Dick Calmer as Boston Blackie. Enemy to those who make him an enemy. Friend to those who have no friend.
3: You can yell all you like about it, Sylvia, but I'm not going to see you for a while, and that's that. Oh,
4: that's that, is it, Joe? Well, it's not that simple. You promised me I wouldn't have to run the filling station much longer.
3: Do you think I like this kind of life? Things will be all right for you and me one of these days. Only not now. I'm in a spot. So what is it? What's the matter? I don't want you to know anything about this. I
4: want to know why you're running out on I'm me. I'm not
3: running out on you. I'm just not going to see you for a while. I may even have to go away. For what? Why? Ah, Sylvia, I can't tell you why. Somebody outside wants gasoline. Let
4: him go someplace else. I want to know what you're trying to do. I've got to know.
3: I can't tell you. So
4: listen to me. I've worked like a slave for three years in this place. I've saved my money. I've done everything I could so that we could get married and have a little security in back of us. I'm not going to let you walk out on me like this. Why doesn't that guy out
3: there go away? Sylvia, I'm not walking out on you. I'm just taking a, a vacation, call it that. You
4: can call it that if you want to. I say you're trying to get rid of me. I'm not.
3: We just can't get married now. In fact, it's not even right for us to see each other for a while. Sylvia, go on out and see what he
4: wants. Have you walked out the back way? Okay, I'll go out, Joe. But if you do walk out on me, you'll be awful sorry you did.
1: Well, here's 51 Sunset Parkway, Mother. Mother. This is where Boston Blackie's supposed to live. The old Model T made it, didn't it?
2: John, are you sure we should go to Blackie?
1: We gotta see him. Well, look, we're in luck, Mother. There he is, standing over there talking to that girl. Recognize him from his pictures.
2: Oh, well, maybe we shouldn't have come, John.
1: Now, Mother, I must talk to him. You know that.
2: That Blackie's a real nice-looking
1: fella. Yeah, he certainly is. Well, I'm gonna call him. Oh, Oh, uh, Blackie? Boston, Blackie. Are you calling me? Yes, uh, please. Could I see you a minute?
5: Yes, I guess so. Excuse me, will you, Mary? Of course, sure. You want to see me about something?
1: Uh, Yes. Name's Barton, Blackie. John Barton. And this is my wife, Martha. How
5: do you do, Mr. Barton?
1: Blackie, I need your help.
5: (laughs) Doing what, Mr. Barton? Buying a new car? Yours looks as if it was 20 years old.
1: Well, darn near is, but it runs.
5: I haven't seen a Model T outside a museum in ten years.
2: John, maybe we'd better not bother
1: Blackie with this. We've got her, Mother. Blackie, my son is missing. Your son is missing? How long? Been gone for 24 hours.
2: He's an adopted son, Blackie, and a little wild. But he's a good boy. He's never done this to us before. Well, it's
5: probably not serious. But even if it is, I'm not the one to see. You ought to go to the police.
1: Oh, we're we're going to the police, all right, Blackie. But we wanted to come to you first. You see, we run a small motel, you know, tourist cabins, Mm -hmm. out on Highway 19, about 10 miles outside of town. I see. Joe, that's our boy, has certain duties around the place every evening. And he's never failed to show up for work until now.
5: But what does your son look like?
1: He's tall, slender... Straight black hair, rather nice looking.
2: He's pale, though. He suffers from asthma, something awful. He has to carry a bottle of pills around with him all the time.
1: I don't know how that would
5: help. Well, look, uh, do you know of any reason why he might have, uh, well, run away?
2: He seemed perfectly contented at the tourist cabins.
1: Might have been because of Sylvia, though. Who's Sylvia?
2: His girl. She runs a filling station down the road from us. They had a terrible fight yesterday. Then yesterday afternoon, she got a phone call from some man who told her Joe was at the bus terminal buying a ticket.
5: Well, that should make it obvious to you that he's run away.
2: No, no, we don't think so. Joe couldn't ride on buses. He said it bothered his asthma. Blackie, you've got to do something for us.
5: Well, I'll try. I'll do something for you, providing nobody's done anything to your son.
1: Six for Buffalo, Cleveland, Chicago, and
5: St. Louis. Now, Blackie, what else can I do for you? I don't know. You told me you didn't sell a bus ticket yesterday afternoon to anyone answering that description I just gave you.
1: No, I didn't, sir. I'm sorry, I can't help you. Well, why don't you ask one of the other agents? He might have bought a ticket at some other window.
5: I've asked at all the other windows.
1: Well, if your man bought a ticket anywhere between noon and nine in the evening, he bought it from one of us.
5: Oh, thanks, thanks a lot. Come on, Mary.
1: Come on,
6: where and what did we accomplish here?
5: We learned a great deal. Either someone was fooling Joe's girl, Sylvia, when he phoned and said Joe was here buying a ticket, or Sylvia was fooling old man Barton.
6: I know what that means. We're going out to see her.
5: Uh-huh. We know the answer to who is Sylvia. Now let's see if we can find out what is she.
4: There you are, mister. Thanks, Paul.
3: Uh, thanks, mister. Here's your money. Check your oil? Uh, no, thanks.
4: Water? Battery? No,
3: no. Hey, sure you got the cap in the gas tank good and tight.
4: That's the first thing I learned in this business, mister.
1: Okay. So long.
4: Call again. Okay, hey, you're next. How many?
1: Uh, not
5: too many. <laughs> too many questions, I mean. Is your name Sylvia? Yeah. Well, I'm Boston Blackie. This is Miss Wesley. Hello, well, Sylvia.
4: Boston Blackie. Oh, I heard of you. You too, Miss Wesley. Well, thank you.
5: Look, Sylvia, you're Joe Barton's girl, aren't you?
4: I was till yesterday. How'd you know?
5: His mother and father told me. They're afraid something's happened to him, and I'm trying to find him.
4: Well, it'll be easy to spot if you get close enough to him. He's always taking a pill for his asthma. He never goes any place without a bottle of those pills. They don't do him no good, though.
5: Look, Sylvia, did Joe give you any reason why he had to run away?
4: Yeah. Yeah, he did. Kind of. He said he was in a jam.
6: What kind, Sylvia? Did he say? No,
4: no, Miss Wesley. That's all he said. But he acted scared. So I guess he is in a jam. A bad one, too. That's getting
5: more obvious every minute. Who phoned you and told you Joe was buying a ticket at the bus terminal?
4: I don't know. He didn't say.
5: Would you recognize the voice if you heard it again?
4: Mm, maybe. I'm not sure. It's a funny thing, though. While the guy was talking to me, I heard a clock strike three, but it was four o'clock.
5: Mm-hmm. Oh, fill her up, will you? I think it'll take about 12 or 13 gallons.
4: Okay, check your oil, battery, water.
5: Yes, you might as well. Say, how far is it to the motel that Joe's dad and mother run?
4: Two miles. Uh, Take the back road to save time. Nobody travels it, but it cuts off about half a mile.
5: Thanks. I won't ask, Blackie.
6: I know. That's where we're going next.
5: We're going a mile, Mary. We're just halfway there.
6: It's a beautiful day for a drive in the country, isn't it? Yeah,
5: perfect. We weren't looking for that... Oh, oh. darn it. It's a blowout. Blackie, look, out, look out. trying to.
6: Oh, gee whiz. We just stopped in time, didn't we? we
5: almost went off the road. Say, so that was close.
6: That was too close. I'm shaking. I'm
5: burning. Whew. We ran over something back there on the road. That's what mm. blew out the tire. Oh, come on. Let's see what it was.
6: Okay, I... I think I heard the noise of whatever it was. It sounded like breaking glass to me. Yeah,
5: I think it was, too. But it must have been a small piece of glass. I didn't see anything on the road. Mm.
6: Oh, where was it, you think? About here?
5: No, a little farther back, I think. About there. Where all those little white things are.
6: Oh, yep. I see broken
5: glass, Blackie. Yeah. Yeah. Here's what did the damage. It was a bottle, a small one, too. But the bottom stayed in one piece. That's what cut through the tires. Blackie,
6: look. Look at these little white huh? things on the road. You know what they are? They're pills.
5: Huh? Pills?
6: I don't know what kind, but they're pills, all right.
5: Say, I'll say they are. And look what I found here. The label off the bottle. And look at the name on it. Joe Barton? Joe Barton.
6: Well, that means he was down this road not so long ago, either. Or somebody else would have hit that bottle.
5: Mary, unless I miss my guess, we're not far from Joe Barton right now. Look at the twigs on that bush by the side of the road. They're freshly broken.
6: Part of the bush looks as if it was trampled down, Blackie.
5: Or broken by a body being dragged through
6: Oh. It. Oh, golly.
5: Come on, let's have a look.
6: Uh, I'm kind of afraid to.
5: Well, I may be wrong. We might not find anything. Okay. Yeah. Something was dragged through here, all right. Look, that next bush is broken, too. Come on.
6: Um, I... I'll stay behind you if if you don't mind. That's
5: a good idea. Just in case.
6: You mean in case of Joe Barton?
5: I mean... Uh-oh. Uh-oh.
6: What?
5: We found him. The case of the missing Joe Barton is closed, Mary. But the case of the murdered Joe Barton is open.
0: and now back to Boston Blackie Joe Barton brings a package to a butcher shop but in the package are stolen jewels and silverware shortly after this Joe tells his fiancee Sylvia that he's in a jam and won't see her for a while then he disappears Joe's parents come to Blackie and ask him to find their son Stopped by a flat tire on the highway not far from the motel run by Joe's family, Black and Mary find Joe in a thicket off the road. He's dead. As we return to our story, Inspector Faraday of the Metropolitan Police is talking to the local chief of police. Now,
1: look, Chief Fisher, I'm here because I've got an idea Joe Barton was killed in the city and his body hauled out here to be disposed of. Any idea who killed him? No, nope, can't say as I do, Inspector Faraday. All right, have him under arrest and practically convicted by now. Yeah. Chief of police here, you know. Mm. Better get off in the road. There's a car pulling up. I see it. Thanks. Say, it's turning in here. Hello, Barney. It's Boston Blackie.
5: Blackie, what are you doing here? I'm not sure yet. Stay in the car, Mary. This won't take for a minute. All right. Hi, Chief Bishop.
1: Hello, Blackie. Chief, any luck yet in finding out who killed Joe Button? Not a bit of luck, Blackie. You stay out of this, Blackie. The Chief told me you found the body. That's enough. I'll find the killer. Hey, look at this fellow coming down the road. What's he trying to do? Get
5: arrested? He's turning in this side road. He must know his way around here.
1: Never seen his car before. He must. look hey, God, He's going to hit that mud puddle. Out the of the way! Dog. I find time to tell me. Look <laughs> at me! I'm covered with mud. <laughs> uh, what's the matter, Inspector? Don't you city folks ever get mud on you? Now say, <laughs> did you see who was driving that car? It was
5: Harold Walsh, a big-time operator in stolen jewelry?
1: Huh? Are you sure? Yes, I
5: got a good look at him, didn't you? Chief, uh, what's down that back road? Anything particular?
1: Only Arden's butcher shop. Hmm. I wonder if Walsh would drive that fast just to get a steak. He might be just driving through town and taking this road as a shortcut. Yes, he might. But I've got a hunch he's going to that
5: butcher shop. And that this is tied up in some way with Joe's murder. You know what they say about one man's meat being another man's poison? <coughs>
1: Like Mr. Walsh. You want the candlesticks and the bracelet and the necklace. That'll be ten thousand. No good, Arden. That's too much. Ten thousand is my price. Look, I come a long way for this stuff. I intend taking it back with me. Pay my price or get out, and it'll get tough with. Put that gun away. I will, when we've made our deal. If you won't take reasonable dough for it. I'll take it for nothing. And you don't dare squawk. Keep your hands off that stuff. Oh, you got a gun too, have you? <coughs> drop it. I said drop it. The next time I shoot, I won't miss. That's a good boy. Now turn your back and face the wall. Oh, oh. <laughs> That's nice going. How Bill. was that, eh? You crept up and back of him awful quiet and you sure hit him awful hard.
3: <laughs> the guy's got a hard head on. Him. <laughs> Think I bent this piece of pipe on it.
1: Come on, let's pick him up and get him yeah. out. Hey. Wait a minute. What's the matter? buddy? You hit him too hard, Bill. He's dead. <laughs>
6: This is the Arden Butcher Shop, all right, Blackie. There's the sign that says so.
5: I see it, Mary, but look at the sign in the window there. It says the shop will be closed till 5.
6: Oh, dear, and it's just a little after 4.30 now. Well, what do we do, wait?
5: No, that's nothing but a waste of time. Let's go back down the highway and see Mr. and Mrs. Barton.
6: Well, what for? We've got nothing to tell them about their son's murder. Well, maybe
5: not, but maybe they've got something to tell us. <coughs>
3: Right, Bill. We'll have Walsh in his car over the cliff. I'm as hard as I can, on Hey, you sure you
1: got the car out of gear? It's out of gear and Walsh is behind the wheel just uh, as if he was driving. This'll look like an accident, sure. Yeah, there she goes over the cliff.
3: Look at her go. Yeah, hey, that's some drop,
1: huh? That's some drop. That's that. Uh. you and Miss Wesley have seen all around our tourist camp. It was kept a little better when Joe was around. How'd you like it? Nice place you have here, Barton.
6: I like those little cabins under the pine trees best of all.
1: Oh, they're everybody's favorite, mm. Miss Wesley. Well, come on in the house, both of you. Mother and I are having milk and biscuits. Oh, Mother. Yes? We're having company. Oh,
2: it's Blackie. Come right in. Thank
5: you, Mrs. Barton. Uh, Mrs. Barton, Miss Wesley, and vice versa. Hello,
2: Mrs. Barton. It's nice to know you. Uh, Go right in the living room and make yourselves comfortable. I'll fetch you some milk in just a minute. Milk right from a farm.
5: (laughs) That's supply and demand all in one place. I'm a
2: homemade cookie fan myself. (laughs) I hope you'll like... Oh, oh, look who's coming across the yard. It's Mr. Fisher, the chief of police.
5: And he looks excited, too.
1: Hello. uh, Looking for someone, Chief Fisher? Yes, Blackie, I saw your car out front. I got something to tell you. What? That fellow Walsh in the big car that splashed mud all over Inspector Faraday, he's had an accident. Where? On the curve by the cliff. Went clean over and dropped all the way down. Happened 15 minutes ago, about a quarter to five. Fella fellow heard the crash, called me. Walsh is dead. He never got to the butcher shop then, huh? No, he might have. But he went over the cliff heading in this direction, wherever he was coming from. Well, it's only
5: a guess, Fisher. And I think Walsh was heading for that butcher shop when he passed us before, and that's where I'm headed for right now.
1: Closing up this butcher shop. Think we'd better get rid of that stuff in the back. I'm nervous about war. Ah,
3: why be nervous about him? Look like an accident, all right.
1: Maybe so, but let's lock up and blow the joint. Boston Blackie's in town. so's Inspector Faraday, both working on Joe's murder. Hey, wait. I'll lock up this front door. That's that. I'll pull down the shades and let's go in back. Come on, come on, make it snap. Hey, you sure? The jitters, all right. Well, I won't have as soon as we get that stuff out of the back room. Yeah, what are we going to do with it? I don't know. Come on in back and let's figure out what to do. Okay. Close the door. Sure, sure.
3: sure. Yeah, Maybe we should let Walsh have that stuff at his price. Now we wouldn't do so much worrying about it right now. Maybe.
5: Hello, boys.
1: Huh?
3: Who are you?
5: Boston Blackie. You know me, don't you, Arden? Yeah. Uh. How'd you get
1: in here? The
5: outside door was locked. Where the lock an amateur could pick, and I'm no amateur. What do you want? I want to know why your store was closed just before five this afternoon. Why? Because a man named Walsh went over the cliff in his car just before five this afternoon, and he was dead before he went off the road. And I think you, Arden, and your friend here killed Walsh and pushed him in his car off that cliff.
1: What's more, I can prove it. Phil. Blackie isn't bluffing. You'd better... oh you play with knives, do you, Bill? Yeah. Play with this for a while.
5: <laughs> All right, Arden. You want some of the same treatment I just gave Bill? Don't try to give it to me, Blackie. I'll give you a little medicine from this gun. Oh, you play with guns, do you, Arden?
1: Sure, except when he drops from on the floor, Blackie, like now. Chief Fisher, where'd you come from? Coming back here. Came in with Blackie and kind of waited around a bit. Nice work, Chief. Drop that gun, Arden. Don't make me do nothing I'd like nothing better than to do. Yeah. That's being a nice boy. I'll take care of these two now, Blackie. I heard enough to prove to me they're the killers we want. Good. Make Mr. and Mrs. Barton feel good, Blackie. Run up and tell them that we've caught their son's killer. Blackie's found out who killed Joe. Oh. He and Miss Wesley are here to tell us all about it. I told you he'd find out, and he did.
2: Oh, I'm glad. It doesn't bring Joe back to us, but I wanted his killer to be caught. Did you just find out, Blackie?
5: I've known for just about an hour, Mrs. Barton. She Fisher and I caught the killers at 6 o'clock, which is just an hour ago.
1: Who killed him, Blackie? And why was he killed?
5: Well, Mr. Barton, you thought your son Joe was a good boy. Well, he was and he wasn't. But I'll start from the beginning. It'll be easy to explain that way.
2: What do you mean, my Joe wasn't a good boy, Blackie?
5: Mrs. Barton, he was mixed up in the sale of stolen goods. He was in a racket. I found thousands of dollars' worth of stolen jewels and silverware in Auden's butcher shop where Joe took them for Auden to...
6: Well, go on, Blackie.
5: I'll go on, Mary, but I'm going to have to change what I was about to say.
1: Why, what do you mean, Blackie?
5: It seems I, um, I was a little wrong about who killed Joe Barton. I thought it was Arden and his friend Bill, but I don't anymore.
2: Then you don't know who killed my boy.
5: I didn't say that, Mrs. Barton. I do know. You and your husband killed your son.
1: That's no way to joke, Blackie. I'm not
5: building any laughs, Mr. Barton. I'm building a murder case against you, and I guarantee I can make it stick. Mother?
2: What's your price, Blackie?
5: You know better than that, Mrs. Barton. You should... And don't go for that gun, Mr. Barton. You know better than that, or you should. Yeah? Well, John. You do now anyway, Mr. Barton. My bullet just nicked your wrist, so stop whining. Oh,
6: Blackie, you don't mean that Mr. and Mrs. Barton killed their son.
2: No?
5: I think I can. And they know I can prove it.
2: We're still ready to make a deal. We've got a lot of money we took out of selling stolen stuff to Arden.
5: Have you? Well, take my word for it. It won't do any good. Where you're going, you don't have a chance in the world of spending it.
6: Blackie, it's question time. How did you know that Mr. and Mrs. Barton killed Joe Barton?
5: Well, it was 7 o'clock when I was talking to the Bartons, and the clock struck 6. That means their clock was haywire. Oh? Sylvia received a phone call in regard to Joe's being at the bus station at 4 the previous day. She heard a clock strike three. That means the call about Joe came from the motel. Okay?
6: Okay. Why did Mr. Barton tell Sylvia that Joe was at the bus station?
5: So Sylvia would give us a false lead and keep us away from the Barton motel as long as possible. I see. It was at the motel that the Bartons bought stolen goods. People with goods to sell took one of their cabins late at night and the Bartons bought the stuff from them then. Satisfied?
6: Satisfied? Why was Joe killed?
5: Well, he finally found out he was hauling stolen goods to Arden's butcher shop, and he was going to the police. Now are you happy?
6: Not completely. Why did Mr. and Mrs. Barton come to you for help?
5: They wanted me to think them innocent in the event that Joe's friend Sylvia came to me for help. Now, is that the last question? That
6: is all.
5: (laughs) Okay. You know, Mary... The bottle of pills we ran over in the road gave us a flat tire, but it also punctured a hole in what was almost a perfect crime. <laughs>